New York Giants quarterback Daniel Jones' season is officially done. So where do the Giants go from here, both in terms of the short and long term? I have some ideas for you coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked on Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena at Patricia underscore Trena on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Patty Traina, P-A-T-T-I-T-R-A-I-N-A on threads and Instagram. And I, of course, have the nickname P-Train. Those of you who uh, know me, know me as P-Train. So thank you so much for tuning in to the Locked on Giants podcast. Making us your first listen of the day, or if you watch on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And on today's Locked on Giants podcast, the news is back on quarterback Daniel Jones. It is indeed what the Giants feared it was, would be. That being, of course, a torn ACL. So we're going to take a look at life post Daniel Jones. What is in the cards for the Giants, both in the short term and the long term? Um, a lot of people look at the short term and they they see it kind of grim. But I'm going to kind of give you some information as well as some salary cap information. I know a lot of you have asked me, you know, what would the Giants save? You know, if they if they tried to get out of the contract next year as opposed to after next year. So we'll cover that. And then in segment two, we're going to talk about a question that was kind of raised by a report by ESPN. Do the Giants have a locker room problem? Is the locker room starting to splinter a little bit? So we'll talk about that. I'll give you some of my perspectives on that based on some people I've spoken with. And then we'll have some final thoughts regarding uh, the state of the Giants. So that is today's agenda. Again, thank you to everybody for joining us on the pod. And of course, a shout out to my everydayers, to my Blue Crew community members. That's our exclusive subtext community, which uh, you can find information about in the show notes. And of course, everybody in between, including my newcomers, those of you who are watching the pod for the first time, uh, you know, on, on the Lockdown Giants podcast. So let's get into it. Daniel Jones' season is over. Torn ACL, you know, he's going to have to wait a few days, possibly a couple weeks for the swelling to go down. Then he'll get his surgery. So, you know, you're looking at a timeline where potentially he could get his surgery towards the end of the month, maybe the beginning of December, depending on how long it takes for the swelling to go down. So with that kind of timeline, you kind of figure that, Jones is not going to be ready for the start of next season. And I know what a lot of you are thinking right now. You're saying, well, he shouldn't be ready. He shouldn't even be the quarterback next season. We're going to get to that in a second. But I'm just trying to give you a little bit of a timeline here. Um, Jones, I, I just don't see him being ready for the start of next season, given the anticipated timeline. So the injury is indeed season ending. Tyrod Taylor, the backup quarterback, uh, head coach Brian Dable was asked if he would be back um, once his four weeks on IR were up and Dable really couldn't answer that. So I don't get the impression he's going to 
be back. So pretty much right now, folks, the Giants have to forge ahead with Tommy DeVito as their starter and Matt Barkley, who I anticipate is going to be signed from the practice squad to the 53-man roster. That happening once Daniel Jones is officially moved to the injured reserve list. So that's kind of what we're looking at for the short term with quarterbacks. Now, some people are like, okay, would the Giants consider adding another quarterback maybe to the practice squad? I could see that happening. You know, New York added Ian Book, or not Ian, they worked out um, Ian Book, I should say. Um, You know, back when they worked out Matt Barkley, they didn't sign Book. So who knows, maybe they reach out and they sign him to the practice squad to give themselves three quarterbacks just in case something happens, just in case something happens. So anyway, that is for the short term. Now, Daniel Jones, let's talk about him for a moment here. Great kid, worked his tail off, just didn't work out here. And I wrote on Giants Country that it's time for the Giants to move on from him. And those of you who have read me for the longest time or watched the podcast, you know that I was pulling for Daniel Jones. Because look, if the Giants do well, my life, my job is easier. So I'm never going to root against the guy on the Giants, regardless of how I feel about him as a person or as a player. I'm just not going to do that. But here we are with Daniel Jones, the Giants kind of at a crossroad. And to me, it's pretty obvious which direction they need to go. And that is they need to move on from Daniel Jones. Now, the staunchest of Daniel Jones um, supporters will say, but Pat, this organization has screwed this kid up since he basically walked in the door. Multiple coaching staffs, bad offensive lines, no number one receiver, no running game injuries, you name it. It's gone wrong for him. And I get that. And I agree, which is why I felt that, you know, Joe Shane, Brian Dable, when they came in last year, I agreed with the the uh, idea of giving the Daniel Jones another chance. Now, that said, folks, let's throw out all that stuff, because to me, to keep harping on all that stuff in the past is equivalent to saying, well, you know, the Giants won the Super Bowl back in 2011. So, you know, if they did it then, they could do it again. You know, the past is past. People change, situations change, circumstances change. Daniel Jones has been in this system now for a little over a year. All right. The first year he took to it. He did a decent enough job. Can we honestly say that he elevated the talent around him? In some cases, you might make that case considering that the Giants, you know, they had an offensive line that wasn't really solid considering that they had receivers that by midseason they were picking guys up off the scrap heat, you can kind of make that case. Now, in year two of the new system, and actually it's not a new system, but of the current system, I should say, you want to see growth. That was the objective. You wanted to see forward progress. You wanted to see quicker decision-making, quicker processing, more accurate uh, throws, you wanted to see, um, you know, just just a more mature Daniel Jones. And we haven't seen that in year two. Jones has regressed. All right. So now people are going to say, but Pat, Saquon Barkley was out of the lineup due to injury. The offensive line had injuries. You know, 
what you know, Darren Waller never got on track. He didn't have a number one receiver. All right, all true statements. But to that I say, look, Daniel Jones has played with Saquon Barkley before. And the two of them, you know, just I'd have to go back and look at the record, the one loss record with both of them in the lineup, but I'm pretty sure that there's more losses than there are wins with both of them in the lineup. All right. The offensive line, yes, it got a little rocky there, but it has stabilized over the last few weeks. You know, the Giants, they gave up eight sacks in the game against the Raiders, but you can make an argument if you look at the tape that maybe three of them were on the offensive line and the other five maybe were on the quarterback. All right. So I don't know if you can necessarily continue to use that excuse. So you look at, you know, where the Giants are at, and I never really got what their objective was as far as how they were building this team. You know, when Saquon Barkley was initially drafted, you got the impression that they were building around Saquon Barkley, which, you know, to build around a running back is kind of foolish, I think. Then they get their quote-unquote franchise quarterback, and they tried building around him. But they didn't really do a good job, you know, as far as giving him everything he needed. I get that. But to a degree, you know, the quarterback's got to step up. He's got to play well. And I think we can all agree that Daniel Jones has regressed from looking uncertain, from the long processing time. I mean, he had a couple of throws to Jalen Hyatt that if he hits, that's probably seven points a pop. So just, He's gone backwards. He hasn't progressed. And, you know, people ask me, well, then why did the Giants invest four years and $160 million in him? They had no choice, really. And I know you're going to say, well, yeah, they had a choice. They couldn't have done it. Here's the situation, folks. Jones, you know, when Shane and Dable came in, they inherited Daniel Jones, obviously. Um, They wanted to give him a chance. They wanted to be fair to him. Just so, so, you know, rather than commit big money to them, they said, okay, play out your rookie contract and we'll see where we go from there. So he plays out the contract, does fairly well. The Giants win and they end up picking at the bottom of the uh, draft order or towards the bottom of the draft order. They can't get another quarterback, even if they wanted to. So they kind of had no choice but to pay Daniel Jones, considering the market and what else was out there. You know, at the time, people were saying, well, what about Jimmy G or what about this one? Well, look at where Jimmy G and some of these other veteran quarterbacks are. And there's your answer. So because the Giants weren't certain about Daniel Jones, they created an escape hatch, which they can get out of that contract after 2024. So that being said, what's it going to cost them? I'll just go over the numbers really quickly. Because I know that's a big, big question that a lot of people um, ask me about. So let me just pull up my stats sheet here or my my numbers and I'll tell you the numbers. All right. So if the Giants want to get out of Daniel Jones's contract next year, they can't. It's, It's really that simple. They would not save anything as far as, you know, salary cap money goes. They would be in the hole for um, $69.315 million, which is more than the salary cap space than I think over-the-cap estimates they have. If they make them a post-June 1st cut, 
again, zero savings, but only a 47.105 million cap hit with the rest of the prorated signing bonus, 22.2 million spilling into 2025. So Jones isn't going anywhere next year, regardless if he's ready to go or not. What is going to happen in my guesstimation, guesstimation, um, they're going to have a situation like what they had with Jones and Eli in the final year of Eli's deal. Eli, if you remember, was relegated to backup. I think at the time he was making $19 million as his base salary, a very expensive backup, but a backup nonetheless, because they had, you know, they chose to carry him. That's what's going to happen with Jones, because really the only way the Giants can get any salary cap savings is if they trade him. All right. Because then they can get rid of the base salary that is owed to Jones or the uh, workout bonus that is owed to Jones. And folks, with him coming off of a torn ACL, I'm not so sure there's going to be a trade market for him. So basically, the Giants are stuck with Daniel Jones for next year, like it or not. So that's kind of where we're at with Daniel Jones. I do think the Giants are going to look to get a quarterback, especially if they finish with a uh, top five, top 10 draft pick. They do have the extra second round pick that they acquired in the Leonard Williams trade. And I think they look to flip that in order to move up in the draft order if they need to, to get the quarterback that they're looking for. So that's kind of where we're at with that. Now coming up next, do the Giants have a problem in the locker room? Is it starting to split? I'll talk more about that right after this. Hey, Giant fans, if you're looking for a fun and different way to play fantasy football this season, you need to check out Prize Picks. Just pick two or more players, predict their stats, and sit back and see how they perform. It takes less than 60 seconds to make an entry, and best of all, you can turn a few bucks into some nice cash with the right projections. PrizePix is the number one daily fantasy sports app known for its quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and wide selection of players and stat types. And they offer weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts, like Taco Tuesday, when each Tuesday price picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. So what are you waiting for? Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL. And that promo code is locked on NFL for your first deposit match up to $100. Price picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena. And do the New York Giants have a problem in the locker room? Well, according to a story written by ESPN's Jordan Renan, Xavier McKinney, the young safety who was in a contract year, thinks that maybe there could be. And I'll read you the quotes uh, regarding what McKinney had to say. This was following the loss against the Raiders. And McKinney said, quote, honestly, it sucks, but I don't know, man. I don't really have many words. I think from a leadership standpoint, I don't think they've done a great job of letting the leaders lead and listening to the leaders and the captain. But obviously it sucks losing, end quote. Okay, so that quote right there, right away has people wondering, okay, is the locker room starting to splinter? And I want to talk about that for a little bit now. Yes, things are not happy around the Giants locker room. All right. Um, How can they be? They're losing. 
You know, these players are putting their heart and soul into the game, into preparing, and they have nothing to show for it at the end of the week. And that's not fun. I totally get that. All right. That's like, you know, me putting together a show and not having, you know, a certain number of listeners after, you know, preparing and everything like that. That said, Xavier McKinney, and I like Xavier. I think he's a good kid and and whatnot, but I think the problem that maybe Xavier is is, uh, talking about lies with him more so than with the leaders in general. We go back to the start of the year and Xavier was dropping hints about being unhappy, I guess, because his contract wasn't being discussed. And, you know, he talked about not being respected. He just thinly veiled tweets and um, posts on social media that just screamed of him being unhappy. Now, I've spoken to Xavier McKinney many times. I think I get along with him very well. He's a proud young man. And I know, you know, he sees Daniel Jones getting paid. He sees Andrew Thomas and Dexter Lawrence getting paid. You know, Saquon Barkley didn't get paid, but, you know, he got, he still got a little bit more. And Xavier is probably sitting there saying, hey, where do I fit in? Where do I get my chunk of change? I get that. But what Xavier doesn't seem to understand, and I guess maybe he does and maybe he doesn't want to hear it, is that it made no sense for the Giants from a cap perspective to redo his contract. Now, I can't say this for sure. But I would not be surprised if Joe Shane, the general manager, had a conversation with him and explained this to him, saying, look, we can't do anything about your contract now because it's not going to save us cap money. You know, we, at the time they were pressed up against the cap. Um, we want to see how this year goes and then we'll open up discussions after the season. I just get the sense that maybe Xavier is feeling, you know, left out, maybe a little insulted. I can see his perspective. But again, football is a business. And even though you don't agree with the business decisions, you need to, I think it's important to understand why things are being done. And, you know, it's a tough balance for for a young man with a lot of pride. I get that. But Xavier, you know, as far as the leaders not being heard, Brian Dable obviously denied it. You know, the the question was put to Darius Slayton, who's not a team captain, and uh, Andrew Thomas, who is a team captain. Both of them were on the conference call with reporters on Monday. And both of them basically said, look, you know, there's communication, you know, we're we're, we're talking and, and so on and so forth. So whether that was just them paying lip service, it's possible. But here's my observation from talking to guys in the locker room, both on and off the record. I don't think there's a problem with communication. If there is, it lies with maybe one or two people, not with the entire leadership group. All right. Look, if you have 10 captains and actually now the Giants have nine since they traded away Leonard Williams, not everybody's going to agree and be on the same page. All right. Sometimes, you know, there might be one or two guys that just say, um, you know, hey, my idea is a little different than than the groups, and maybe the group is like, eh, well, we're not going to quite go in that direction. That doesn't mean that you're not being heard. 
If you're getting the opportunity to express yourself, you're being heard. Whether they they listen to you and go with your idea, well, again, that's all part of business. That's all part of being mature and understanding how business works. And Xavier McKinney is a young man, like I said. Um, does he have some business sense? I'm sure he does. Does he have sophisticated business sense? Not so sure in that regard. I think, you know, he just has to kind of learn that just because you say something and you're a captain doesn't mean that it's automatically going to be. You know, I'm sure this week in the locker room, people will try and get Xavier McKinney to elaborate on what he had to say. I don't know how much more he's going to reveal if he even chooses to speak at all. Um, you know, and I know based on what I've seen on, on social media, some people are like, well, he's not a very good leader anyway. You know, look at what he did last year, how he busted his hand during the bye week and he, and he wasn't a good leader and yada, yada, yada. All right. That was a mistake that the young man made. I'm not going to, you know, necessarily hold that against him. All right. Because quite honestly, if he doesn't break his hand, nobody knows that he, he, was playing around with an ATV back, you know, during his little bi-week vacation. But I just think moving forward to suggest that there's problems in the locker room, I just don't know that they're there. And I say that based on, you know, 45 minutes, the allocated 45 minutes that the media gets Wednesday, Thursday, and, and Friday. I don't sense it. Again, talking to different guys. Now, has something changed? Since, you know, I've last been in the locker room, it's possible, but I don't think it has. I think it's just a frustrated Xavier McKinney who, you know, the more I hear from him, the less I'm convinced he's back next year. And I question if the Giants want him back. You know, you kind of get the sense that maybe they're going to look to move on from him as well. And it's going to be a mutual uh, parting. So that being said, I just think this whole idea of the locker room splinting, uh, splintering, it's it's not. All right. I was around for when the locker room started to splinter when Ben McAdoo was in his second year and it, players were at each other's throats and players were talking about the coach behind his back. I was around when Pat Shermer was here and when Joe Judge was here and and players were griping about those guys off the record about, you know, what they were doing and what they weren't doing. I talk to guys all the time on the record and off the record. And I have to say, thus far, nobody has said anything bad about Dable and, you know, how it might be, you know, they're, they're not being heard. So I suspect it's an isolated incident. At least I would hope that would be the case. That's just my take, but we'll see. It's certainly a situation you keep an eye on to see if maybe more guys step forward, but I just don't think that's going to happen. But anyway, coming up next, some final thoughts on the topics of the day. Don't go anywhere. Hey, Giant fans, snap into NFL action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Think the Cowboys, who are favored by 15 and a half points to start the week, can top the Giants this coming weekend? Go on and make that bet, because now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads 
to player props and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get started. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hey, Giant fans, Locked On is kicking up our coverage of football season with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Every Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Hosts Tanitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and much more. Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anybody else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. All right, everybody, welcome back to Locked On Giants. I'm your host, Patricia Trana. Some final thoughts on the state of the Giants. Look, the season's over. Let's let's call it for what it is. The Giants at two and, and seven, they're just no hope, in my opinion, for them to, to finish anywhere close with a decent record. And a lot of you are saying, okay, at this point, just tank for draft picks. And I don't really like that approach. I mean, I think, you know, given the circumstances, the losing will continue um, naturally, if you will, because, you know, you're playing with guys who are backups, maybe guys who aren't ready to take bigger roles than what they're, you know, being pressed into. But, you know, a lot of people are like, okay, Shane and Dable need to be fired because they created this mess. Folks, I'm going to disagree with that. And here's why I think Shane and Dable deserve another year. And it has nothing necessarily to do with last year where they built up some equity based on, you know, putting together a winning program despite having limited resources. They're still in a transition period with this roster, which means that they're still kind of figuring out which parts of the, you know, which players that they inherited from the previous regime are for the long term and which are not. So they know Dexter Lawrence's, they know Andrew Thomas's. The jury is still out on Saquon Barkley if he's part of it. It looks like Xavier McKinney might not be part of it. It looks like, you know, Daniel Jones might not be part of it. So I think before you you sit there and start urging John Mara and Steve Tisch to make a change, you got to give these guys, Shane and Dable, an opportunity to bring in their own guys. Let them start fresh with a quarterback that Dable can develop, you know, put them on a rookie contract, and then build around that. Because all teams, you know, the foundation of all good teams, if you think about it, it starts with a quarterback that usually is on his rookie contract, and then you build the pieces around him. And then as he progresses, then you pay him the big bucks. The Giants were kind of working backwards in that regard. You know, another decision that they're going to have to make is with Saquon Barkley. You know, I mentioned uh, before, I don't know if Saquon Barkley is part of the future going forward. Certainly Saquon is a great player, a great talent. You know, I, I would not object if they had him on the roster next year. But you've got to ask yourself, you know, what have you won in the seven years or so that Barkley has been on this team? You know, can you get by without him? And maybe with another, you know, option at running back, especially since it seems like this coaching staff seems to favor the air the uh, air attack game as opposed to the run game. So these are all questions that need to be decided. But as far as, you know, getting rid of Shane and Dable, that's the last thing you want to do. 
You don't want to have to start all over from scratch. Stick with these guys. Give them at least another year, maybe two years tops. See what they can do. If by then nothing has moved, then you have to start thinking about, you know, do we need to make a change? But I am very much convinced that Shane and Dable are not going anywhere, nor should they. You know, whether you agree that they deserve a chance to fix this or you disagree, that's fine. But give them an opportunity to put their guys fully in place, you know, because they haven't really done so. And I'm not talking about the influx of former Bills players that were added, you know, the first year or so of Dable's um, tenure as head coach. I'm talking about guys that as an organization, they can draft, bring in, develop as giants, not as former Bills, but as giant players. And that's what's missing here and what I'd like to see for this organization moving forward, which is why I want to see Dable and Shane continue to try and fix what has been a disappointing uh, and frustrating franchise to watch. All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for us here on the Lockdown Giants podcast. Be sure to keep it here all week long. We're going to have all new episodes coming your way. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you tomorrow.